Welcome to Found in Space, a science podcast for kids and teens. Our question today is, I heard that the inside of Earth is as hot as the outside of the sun. Is this true? And if it is, why? All right, thank you for such a wonderful question. So let's start by saying, we think this is true. Yes, we think that the core of the Earth is about as hot as the surface of the sun. So let's talk about how planets get their internal heat. How do they get hot on the inside? The outside makes sense, right? Earth is near the sun, the sun is giving off heat, and so we warm up. Or Mercury, the side that's facing the sun, that's really, really hot, right? And then heat can get trapped by the atmospheres of planets, those air blankets as well. We see that on Venus, right? Venus gets really, really hot because it holds on to so much of the heat that it gets from the sun. But what about inside of the planet? Well, Earth isn't really getting very much energy from the sun at the inside of the planet. And other planets are also hot inside, we think. So there are five different main reasons that we think the insides of planets are hot. So we'll be talking about Earth, but a lot of these things will apply to other planets as well. So you could think about them for the giant planets, the Jovian planets like Jupiter and Saturn, or we could think about them for small satellite planets like Io or Europa or dwarf planets like Pluto or Makemake. So our first one is accretion. So this is heat left over from when the planet was forming, when it was accreting. Now accreting is a special word that we use that means the falling onto or the adding on, the building up of something. So we think that planets formed from smaller things. So you think, for instance, with Earth, in the early, early solar system, before the planets had formed, there was a lot of material swirling around that was from the nebula that the sun formed from. And that's the that disk of material is the material that made the planets. Well, that material would have started to clump together, be pulled together by gravity. And we would have started by getting small things, things the size of asteroids. And gravity would pull those together and clump those together. And then they start getting bigger and bigger until we get to the scale of things that we call planetesimals. And planetesimals, and they would fall into each other. Now, when they fall into each other, they're going to smack into each other, right? And that's going to release some energy. Now, you can actually try a mini version of this at home. If you take your hands and you start clapping, and just clap, okay, and keep going and going and going. Clap as long as you can until it starts to hurt. If it starts to hurt, go ahead and stop. But after you've clapped for a couple of minutes, feel your palm. Touch your palm to your face. Is it warmer than it normally is? <laughs> so all of those impacts, that started to heat it up. So we think that that was enough to heat Earth up to the point that it melted. 
the inside of Earth, when Earth was a baby, when it was the early Earth is what we call it, that it would have been melted through and through. So we would have this very, very thin crust on the top where it was right next to space, which would have been quite cold. And then inside, mostly liquid. Now, when you have liquids, the heavier stuff is going to sink to the bottom. You might have noticed this with a pond. If you ever jump into a pond and you stir up all that, muddy, that mud, well, after a few minutes, the mud sinks to the bottom and the water is going to float to the top. That happens with heavy materials too. So with Earth, the liquid iron and the liquid nickel and uranium and all of these heavy elements we think sunk to the bottom. Now, over time, it's been cooling, but some parts of, in, of Earth we think are still liquid from that. So our second type of heating that we think happens inside of the Earth is radiogenic. So some types of elements are radioactive, like uranium. And we think that most of the uranium on Earth would have sunk down to the bottom. When an element is radioactive, that means that the nucleus, the center of it, the core of it, or the seed, isn't very stable. And over time, it falls apart. It breaks apart. When it does that, it becomes lighter elements, but it also releases a little bit of energy. Just a tiny, each, each atom releases a tiny, tiny bit of energy. But if you have lots and lots and lots of that element and you add all of that up, well, that ends up being a lot of energy. And so we think that Earth from the inside is being heated up by these radioactive elements. That's pretty cool, right? All right, so that's accretion. And then we have our radiogenic heat. We also have heat that we come, think comes from the separating of material. So remember we said that the denser material is going to sink to the bottom. Well, as that material is sinking down, is going down, the cooler material, cooler, denser material is sinking, and the lighter material is ending up floating on top of that, that warmer material, that is going to be releasing energy as well. So we're going to call this segregation. So accretion, radiogenic segregation, and then, this one's my favorite, compression. So Earth is real massive, right? So think about if you were to go down and you drill really, really deep down into Earth. Well, then up above you, you have the weight of all of that rock crushing down on you, squeezing down on you from up above. So Earth is actually squeezing and shrinking a little bit. And that pressure, that is going to squeeze it and heat it up. This is another one that you can try at home, actually. So if your hands aren't too sore from clapping over and over again, go ahead and take your hands and squeeze them together as tight as you can. Squeeze them really, really, really tight. Now, even tighter, even tighter than that, as hard as you can. Now, after a minute or two, you're going to feel your palms are starting to get really, really sweaty. So that squeezing is happening on Earth, too. Now, with some other planets like Jupiter, it's happening even more because Jupiter is way, way more massive than Earth. 
And that squeezing, by the way, is what actually makes stars ignite to begin with. Stars are so massive that then when they squeeze, they can actually start to fuse. All right, now our last one is tidal heating. Now this actually does happen with Earth, Earth and the moon. It happens with other planets as well, maybe a little bit more intensely. We talked about Io earlier. That's the, the satellite planet around Jupiter that is being tugged on so much by Jupiter, it's covered in volcanoes, even though it's way out, it's five times as far away from the sun as we are. So in a really, really cold part of, of the solar system. So with tidal heating, this is when things are pulling on each other because of gravity. You might have seen the tides at the beach. The moon's gravity is pulling on the oceans. And that causes a little bulge of water, or not really little, it's actually huge. It's enough of a bulge to lift up the whole ocean, right? Now, the moon's gravity isn't only tugging on the water, it's tugging on everything else. It's tugging on the rock too. And so that rock gets pulled towards the moon. And so it gets stretched and then it releases back. And then it stretches and releases back. And so that pulling, that squishing and pulling is going to heat it up a little bit as well. There's another one you can do with your hands. Now, instead of clapping or squeezing, take your hands and rub them together. That rubbing, that friction is going to heat up your hands. That's what happens with tidal heating, just on the scale of whole planets. And that can be enough to heat some planets up on the inside a lot, enough so that maybe they have liquid water like Europa, or enough to drive volcanism like Io. Okay, so these are the five methods that we think Earth gets its heat from and combine all of those together. If you go way down, all the way down to the center of the Earth, we think that it's close to about 6,000 Kelvin. That's really close to the temperature of the sun. So Kelvin is a unit that we use in space science, and we use it in a lot of other sciences too. You can think of it kind of like Celsius, but in Celsius, Zero degrees Celsius is the temperature that water freezes at under normal Earth pressures. But in Kelvin, zero is the temperature at which everything freezes. There's no more movement, no more energy there. It's the coldest possible temperature. And in fact, we think that it might not actually be possible to ever be actually zero Kelvin. And that is definitely an episode that we will have to do coming up. For today, let's wrap up this excellent topic. Thank you so much for writing in and asking us about how Earth gets its heat and if it is in fact as hot as the surface of the sun. All right. So if any of you listening have any questions that you'd like us to talk about here on the podcast, please go ahead, have your folks reach out to us through the email in the description. All right. Thanks so much, everyone. I hope you have dark skies and remember to stay curious.